welcome to series two of the Keep Running podcast with me, Rachel Stringer. And me, Amana Rai. This is a running podcast for runners of all abilities who want that extra bit of motivation for their next run. In series one, we spoke to so many inspiring runners from all walks of life. The ultra-running legend himself, Dean Carnassus, Great Britain's second fastest female marathon runner, Mari Amucci, running influencer Flora Beverly, and founder of Global Run Club, Midnight Runners, Jodie Bragger, were just a few of the great guests who joined us in helping to give you the inspiration that you need for your next run, or that little pick-me-up when you're having one of those days. All episodes from Series 1 can be listened to if you miss them. We're on all good podcast apps. We are so excited to be bringing you so many more diverse guests in Series 2 and really hope you enjoy listening to them on your next run. If you do enjoy listening to the pod, then we'd really appreciate it if you would subscribe and share with your friends and use the hashtag KeepRunningPod to join in with the community. We can't wait for you to join us on this Season 2 journey and keep running with us. episode is sponsored by Tribe. Tribe was originally inspired by a 1,000 mile community run to fight slavery and is now one of the UK's leading natural plant-based performance nutrition brands with a community of over 100,000 everyday athletes. Tribe creates delicious all-natural plant-based energy and recovery snacks which are also gluten-free. To try a pack of Tribe Nutrition products, head to wearetribe.co forward slash keep running and claim your first pack of delicious energy and protein bars for just £2, including shipping, by using the code TRIBE KEEP RUNNING. Today on the Keep Running podcast, we are joined by a woman who has been around the sport of running and athletics for close to 30 years. Some of you may know her from her exploits on the track when she made her way to European bronze in the 800 metres back in 2006. And in the same year, she was awarded the title of Female British Athlete of the Year. You may also know her for breaking the two-minute barrier in the 800 metre event, which is a huge deal in women's running. Or some of you may know her for her work she is doing now, in her coaching business, Triumph for Life, or in her latest venture, Graceful Running a programme she has set up in pursuit of the ideal running technique. I'm delighted to say that today's guest is Becky Lynn. Welcome, Becky, to the Keep Running podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's great to be here. (laughs) What have you been up to, Becky, at the moment? I mean, from when I kind of researched you, you've got a lot on your plate, but how has the lockdown affected that or has it not so much? Uh, Well, yeah, no, I've I've been pretty... um... (laughs) affected by it I'm not going to say badly affected by it because uh, it's actually proved a great opportunity for me to focus in on uh, the latter of, of the businesses that you just uh, mentioned there the graceful running which is all kind of online based so um, if anything yeah it has been a bit of a, of a godsend just to have a bit more space to to focus on that because my my other business is it's like a community interest company and so it's all in person you know community sports and and that sort of thing which obviously apart from a few little (laughs) interruptions to the lockdowns that we've had um yeah that's uh yeah that's been on hold pretty much yeah from knowing your personality a little bit from our time at Loughborough you know you're not someone who would rest on their laurels and sit around and put their feet up and watch too much Netflix during lockdown you would very much get on with the task in hand and try and build the best 
business you can and make the most of the situation. So look forward to hearing more about it, Becky. Thank you. (laughs) So Becky, we start all of our podcasts with five quick questions just to warm up. Um, So our first question to you is why do you run? So nowadays, uh, it has changed a little bit over the years. Um, I think the main reason that I run is is the the mental health benefit that I get from it. Um, so basically, just because I am like a businesswoman now, that I'm just juggling loads of different balls and don't get much headspace apart from I'll go out for a run and then, you know, come back and I just have such a better perspective on everything and everything just feels that much more achievable if you like and I can just think much more clearly about things um so that yeah there's lots of reasons that I run um but but nowadays it's that whereas in the past it was probably more a source of stress because uh it was more for this sense of achievement if you like and probably for if I'm honest to try and get a bit of a sense of self-worth as well uh through the achievements that that I uh, achieved (laughs) second question is what is your greatest running achievement to date? Um, it would be the European bronze that I won back in 2006. Over 800. I mean, a huge achievement. <laughs> um, but what is the best piece of advice you've been given or give, dur- give during your running career? One that really springs to mind was... <laughs> Um, when I was training out in Kenya, uh, I got the opportunity to train with Janeth Jepkoskai. So any like real running fans out there will recognise that name as um, she was a former world 800 meter champion and I was a little bit forlorn coming back from the track one day because my, my calf was hurting and she just put her hand on my lap and said, Akuna Matata. And I just thought, oh, that's so lovely because it, it, I mean, again, you probably know from Lion King that it, it means no worries. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and it just, just being around her and training with her and her group, there was just a much more relaxed sense and a relaxed approach to things. Uh, you know, and if things did go a little bit wrong, then they would always just have that approach. Akuna Matata. Um, yeah. Instead Love of that story. About it. Mm, yeah. Question four. Who inspires you? Um, so the room I'm sat in now, I have like this sort of board um, and it's got all different uh, like goals and, and things like that and, and focuses that I have. But there's one corner where I have inspiring women. So I'm just looking up at it now. And um, so the ones that are on there at the moment, I do sort of like uh, keep adding. Um, but there's a, a girl called Eloise Wellings, um, who's not perhaps really well known, particularly in this country, but she's a a great runner, Australian runner, set up an amazing African charity, just a really lovely um, girl. Uh, Belinda Gates, um, uh, uh, Brené Brown, Oprah Winfrey, um, Amanda Gorman. Um, Yeah, there's a sort of a a mixture of them there, but um, it's, it's those kind of women that are not afraid to really put themselves out there to try and make it a a positive difference in the world. Wow, Becky, what a lovely thing to have in your room. I absolutely love that. I don't think we've had an answer like that before. Um, I love it. Um, A quote which never fails to motivate you. Um, (laughs) It's a a bit of a silly one, this, but um, it's uh, stressed is just desserts spelled backwards. I don't know if you've come across that one before. Um, But 
when I first saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, how did I never notice that before? That is, it's literally the case. <laughs> and uh, I think it, it just, to me, it sort of says something on, on a few different levels um, in that, you know, if you have a stressful situation, you can literally flip it into something more positive. And if you just go about your life, um, when you are having issues or problems with that mindset, okay, uh, how can I turn this into po a positive? Why is this happening? Everything happens for a reason. Um, how can this make me stronger? You know, how, how can it become a positive? Uh, yeah, so it, it kind of encapsulates that for me, if you like. That's good. I was going to say, it would just mean if I was stressed, I'd go and eat something sweet. But, you know, you said it. You said <laughs> it that as well. Better than I did. Oh, oh, I love those, Becky. They're, like, really great answers. Sometimes people don't really think about them or have an answer. So I, I, I really enjoyed that. Oh, um, I, I confess I had prepared those. Yeah, see? I'm an absolute pro. I love it. Um, right, Becky, on to main questions. Firstly... I just want to remind everybody of how fast you ran back in the day. Your 800 metre PB, please, Becky. Uh, 158.20. Absolutely ridiculous. And that is like just under 59 seconds or 59 seconds are about 400 metres. When you hear that now, do you kind of go, how did I get that fast? How did I run that fast? <laughs> certainly when I watch or look at my pace on my runs today it's just like an absolute world away and and in so many ways actually just because my life has changed so much since then I, it feels like I'm watching somebody like if ever I see the races back that it's not me if you see what I mean I just yeah it just seems like another life at a go um so yeah <laughs> there is an element of like Whoa, how did I do that? <laughs> what do you think you could get, though, if you could run an 800 metres? In your wildest dreams, if you went and trained for maybe, I don't know, a month, six weeks, what do you think you could get near? Oh, my goodness me. <laughs> <laughs> not really. I've not thought about that at all. I mean, I do run a bit now with my job and just for sort of like, you know, for, for, for pleasure. But I just think my, my, my hamstrings would just rip if I went, uh, right, so like, okay, answer your question. Um, I think I would struggle to break 240, in all honesty. Oh, I think I would as well. <laughs> 240, that, that, I would love to do 240. Yeah, um. I would. <laughs> That's generous if it was like a really solid block of six-week training. Um, yeah, but... Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably wouldn't even get close to that, if I'm honest. I think, Amanda, though, we should tell our guests, if you can go and try and run a 59 seconds for a 400 in your training this week or next week, and then think about doing that again, that's kind of the pace Becky did her PB of 158.2 at. Try it. You won't get anywhere near. Yeah, I never could get close to that. I'm not even going to try it. I've got 400 metre reps tomorrow, though, but they are nowhere near that pace. Um, but Becky, you obviously, you achieved so much in your running career and you ran these amazing times. But what made you different from the other girls who never quite reached those heights that you did? Um, it's a good question. Um... So it, it's hard to say because I don't know exactly what they were doing in their training, etc. Um, and, you know, you can never kind of fully quantify, like, how much talent plays a part. Um, I, I do feel 
like I was, I was lucky to be blessed with, with a fair amount of talent. Um, you know, there was a lot of hard work that went in there as well, but I, I honestly just feel like I was made to run and 800 was my distance. And I just found that passion, uh, and, and talent from a young age. And so, uh, you know, it was something that I pursued over a, a number of years. Um, but I, I suppose I have always been quite stubborn in a way as well. So if ever, um, uh, and, and committed and, and dedicated, you know, I, I, I think Rachel sort of alluded to the fact before that I, I uh, don't really rest on my laurels. So I always had a good, good work ethic. You know, I'd always do all of the extra little bits as well. Um, and um, yeah, but I, I think... It, it was just that I was so at home in the 800 and I just relished the training uh, and I was I was lucky to to find that really yeah yeah and for people who don't particularly know your story Becky obviously I kind of mentioned it a little bit in the introduction but that was kind of your greatest achievement European bronze where did it all start for you and you know what led you on the running path because some people aren't as lucky to find the sport which is best suited to them and obviously you just alluded to the fact that you did and super grateful for for having running your life um yeah and do you know what I'll just go off on a, on a little segue here because I often get asked what advice would I give to beginner runners and um it's very much that don't be put off by you know your first hard runs um because you know it will feel a little bit alien and you will feel like it's it's a bit uncomfortable uh because that was precisely how i felt when i first started running it was in primary school um i'm a bit ashamed to admit that i uh cried <laughs> during <laughs> my first race uh, it was like his cross-country race and we had a really good cross-country team at primary school and and I actually quit the team after that first race. And it was only because of my wonderful um, teacher, Mrs. Cooper. Uh, she called me into her room. I thought I was in masses of trouble. And she was like, um, you know, we need you for the team. You did really well. Um, I, I think I was about 18th. Um, it was a Sheffield primary school cross country race. So there was nothing there to suggest that I could go on to become a professional athlete. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of gradually improved and I caught the bug. And um, once I then transitioned onto to track um I didn't do track until I was at secondary school that was when uh, I really started to to find my feet as it were and I love that you know you kind of obviously were super committed like you mentioned one of your traits you know talented committed but you didn't actually go to English schools I think it was which if you guys don't really know is like the pinnacle of of athletics for a school child until was it year 10 which is quite yeah. late and some people mm -hmm. might have thought that your interest would have dropped off by year 10 because you know you'd have found other hobbies or you know you're thinking oh am i ever going to get there what was it again that you know what was it what was inside of you that didn't matter that you were i'm saying this in inverted commas like a late bloomer because so many people have achieved great things all the way through high school hadn't they at that stage Mm. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, like there were certain people my age that were almost like celebrities because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be as good as them. They're amazing. And, you know, uh, yeah, that's how you are when, you, when you're when you younger and you, you have people that, that you look up to like that. But I mean, I, I didn't actually join an athletics club until halfway through year eight. And so uh, I hadn't really tapped into my potential, um, you know, by year nine obviously I'd only been kind of training properly for about a year and a half by that point um so and I knew I was improving 
Uh, so it was kind of a realistic aim that by year 10, hopefully, I, you know, I might qualify. Uh, and I, I didn't miss out by too much in year nine. Um, but certainly I, I was just a bit of a late developer anyway. Uh, I was, I mean, I'm sort of five foot eight now. And, but I was always on the front row of school photographs. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I was always one of the smaller ones. Um, so, five foot yeah. three over here, Becky, both of us. We know what it's like to be small. Uh, I'm five one. I was always oh, at the front. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I always sort of thought that I might end up being quite small because I, I literally didn't grow until probably like year year 10. And I was quite lucky in some respects because sometimes when, when girls hit puberty, um, they'll they'll grow curvy, whereas I just grew into a bit of a bean pole and my stride lengthened. So, um, yeah, it meant that, that I, I got a bit faster from, from that. Yeah, got like carry on with the career because obviously you got faster, stronger, better. You started making these senior teams, which obviously, like you mentioned, your greatest greatest achievement then was, you know, the European bronze. Um, for people who don't know the kind of experience of going to these senior championships, what was it like to be an elite middle distance runner, running for GB, you know, going to these, these great uh, championships like Commonwealth Games, um, and then actually getting a medal? Like, is it as glamorous as it sounds? What was that entire 10-year period like for you? Um, yeah, there was a lot of really good kind of fun memories, you know, just sort of uh, with the team, etc., and all the friends that you make as well uh, off the back of it. Yeah, there's some, some really, really cool experiences. But to be honest with you, the championships themselves a lot of it is really stressful. Um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I did sort of have trouble sleeping quite often before races, etc. But, um, but you know, it's, it's always so exhilarating as well, as well as it being um, stressful. And um, it's all, it's something that I know, even though it's a bit unpleasant and stressful at the time, it's something that I'm always going to like look back on uh, and, and be proud of. So just to like, you know, just do my best, basically. Um, so, yeah, a, a, a mixed bag, really. And then obviously after the championships, there's, there's the sort of the after parties and all that kind <laughs> of stuff. And that's where you can just really like let your hair down and, and have a bit of fun. So that, that was always something to look forward to as well. Um, I know you mentioned that it is stressful sometimes, but you do talk very passionately about your career and about running as a sport. But is there anything that you wish you'd done differently during your athletics career? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, quite a lot of things, uh, in all honesty, because um, you've been very um, gracious in saying about my successes uh, so far. But um, basically, 2006, I was hoping that that would be the start of a successful uh, international senior career. But uh, it ended up being the pinnacle because I did have a lot of injuries thereafter. Um, so, uh, yeah, I suppose just to focus in on a few main ones, uh, technique wise, uh, I wish that I'd have learnt about tech running mechanics a little bit earlier and, and you know, I wish I'd have known what I know now. Um, and uh, just uh, that that could have, I think, um, got rid of a lot of my injuries. Uh, the, I mean, I did end up changing coaches um, a, a fair amount and just getting a little bit overcomplicated at times. Um 
I don't think I was an athlete that always sort of thought all oh, the grass is always greener but you know I was trying to sort of seek out an, an, an optimal training environment for me but I, I quite often look to the likes of say Jess Ennis who basically stayed in Sheffield the whole of mm. her career and you know just had this this one solid team that she trusted uh, and then you know just just got that gradual year-on-year -year progression by just keeping things simple um so yeah, I mean, I had some some great adventures and experiences in in traveling the world and working with different coaches. So, um, I I don't know whether I, I I regret that too much, but I I definitely think that I should have kept it more simple. Um, I did sports science at, at Loughborough University. I know uh, Rachel mentioned that that we were there at the same time, and so there was always an element of me that was like trying to like research the latest advances in sports science and thinking that oh, you know, if I um, did this exercise, or if I tried this supplement, or you know, used this device, that uh, that might just give me the the marginal gain. And you know, it's all about marginal gains at the top level. Um, but I think really in all honesty, a lot of that kind of stuff and complicating things was just a drain rather than um, uh, contributing to any sort of success. Um, so yeah, technique and then just having kept things a bit more simple uh, are, the, are the main ones. Becky, do you think, or what do you think in the end was the end of your career then? Do you think it was injuries? And if it was, do you think they were all biomechanically related? Uh, yeah, it, it was injuries, basically. So, um, I mean, even in the lead up to 2006, I'd, I'd uh, spent most of that winter cross training uh, with various niggles. And then I kind of thought that, you know, becoming a full time professional athlete and having access to all these top uh, medics and therapists that, you know, I'd be able to get to the bottom of it and just to become a much more robust runner. But um, yeah, if anything, I, like I mentioned before, I just overcomplicated things a bit, uh, overtrained as well. Um, and uh, the next six years after 2006, because I was determined to give it my best shot in the run up to like our home Olympics. Um, with with hope of you know peaking um in I'd be 30 that year so that's that's quite sort of a, a peak age for um women's middle distance running but yeah effectively it was six years of running in pain every step and that just gets a bit <laughs> wearing on the soul basically eventually and um yeah I I just had enough basically by by then um so uh, and then in terms of whether it's a biomechanical or not uh yeah, I, I would say so. Um, like, I'm pretty convinced of that because uh, since learning a bit more about mechanics and correcting mine uh, and also working with a few physios uh, to do with a few imbalances that I picked up and ingrained just from, from running a little bit wonky because of the injuries, um, it's something that, that I've managed to iron out. Um, still have to keep on top of things, but um, I just have a much, much better appreciation of, of how things are supposed to feel and how, as humans, we are designed to run uh, and move and, and how to capitalize on on all the sort of extra free energy that you can get if you do it correctly um so yeah it, it's uh, definitely something i wish i'd have known earlier so becky let's talk about graceful running because it links a lot to i think what you were saying about your injuries for our listeners that haven't heard of it can you explain what it's all about 
Uh, yes, yes, by all means, with pleasure. So um, I, I've been mentioning a little bit throughout the, this interview that um, I have over the years just experimented a little bit with running technique and studied it quite a lot. And um, I've, I've created a bit of a model which ties in a lot of what I've, I've learned. And um, it all handily fits into an acronym, which is GRACE. Uh, so I now try and teach people the, the five elements, the G-R-A-C-E, um, with a view to yeah, helping them to run more gracefully and as humans are designed to move um, and to run. So just to quickly uh, touch upon what each of the, the elements are, the, the G is for grow uh, and that's just to try and get people uh, not to sit when they run, which is so, so common. And so just to try and make sure that the hips are a little bit more on top of the legs um, when they're running. Um, and then the next one is to do with rhythm. So uh, human uh, muscles and tendons and ligaments, they, they have an elasticity in them. And if you can um, match the elasticity the, or the rate of, of recoil uh, of, of that, the, yeah, as I say, as humans were designed to have, then you can get free energy from um, running at uh, 180 strides per minute is, is what we're supposed to, to run at. And typically people are more around the 160 mark for that. Um, so a lot of people think, oh gosh, you know, 180, how am I supposed to do that? That's, that's going to like be too hard to, to maintain. But um, if you just cut your stride a little bit and just become a little bit lighter and peppier, then it becomes much easier. And, and also the cutting of the stride also helps with the grow element as well. Um, so yeah, because you're more on top of your legs. Um, so yeah, we've got grow and rhythm. So I, I always say I'll, I'll briefly explain it all and then I just get into all the geekiness of it. But anyway, A, a is for alignment. <laughs> um, so that's where you try and um, use gravity as a free source of energy. So that's making sure that your body is almost like a, a straight plank in some ways and you're just tilting forward from the ankles. It's also to do with alignment uh, from the front and back. So making sure there's not too much dipping in the hips or the twisting in the shoulders. Um, and then C is for circle, which is to do with the flow of the movement and just trying to draw that circle down, back and up instead of like in front of you and breaking and then, um, yeah, either um, yeah, slowing you down or pinging you up into the air. So it's just creating a, a smooth, a, a smooth flowing action. And E is actually not so much to do with, with biomechanics. It's uh, for enjoyment. Um, so, which can actually manifest in a more relaxed body as well. So it does have an effect on, on mechanics. Um, but certainly, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a big part of it just to put enjoyment first. I love the enjoyment one. But can I just confirm, is the R for rhythm basically your cadence? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, okay. That's, that's another word for it, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And now, is, are you doing online consultations around this? Is that correct? Uh, yeah, so um, I've been really, really fortunate in that um, because I uh, run a, like a community interest company, I, I can get European funding um, for like digital innovation and um, that can be used uh, with universities and Sheffield Hallam University, they have just incredible facilities for uh, specifically for like running mechanics and so some of their engineers in the sports department have, have developed some it's like a, a joint detection software and they've managed to like encapsulate the, those principles that I just talked you through uh, within the software so that people can get like a graceful score 
Um, so yeah, we can, if people just send in a simple video of themselves running um, front and back and, and side on, then we run it through the software. Um, they don't just get a score. We also, I've got like trained up some um, uh, highly experienced physiotherapists that can, can really like analyze it in a bit more depth. And then, yeah, they get a report. Um, uh, as well as the score um, where it, it just gives them key cues uh, for things to improve upon and then also exercises and say so whether it's strength exercises or stretching exercises that will just help to support the advice that they've been given um, as well. So um, yeah, that's that's like the, the online element of it. Um, Becky, uh, I hope you can hear me. I think I'm a little bit quiet. Um, obviously, this sounds super detailed. First, I've got a two-part question. Firstly, is it, you know, really important or will it help your average Joe runner? And what are the main problems you have found from people's running styles from just the runner on the street that's trying to better their 5K PB? Um, yeah, so first part of the question now, can it help any um, Joe blogger, um, Joe blogger, <laughs> Joe jogger, so, um, and um yeah, it, it basically the I, I keep saying humans are designed to move, humans are designed to run. So there are universal principles that apply to everybody. Um, like it is a slightly different for sprinters, but basically anything from middle distance up, then they do they they do fall into this this model uh, and into the principles. So um, it it does apply to everyone, and everybody can benefit from it. And certainly a, a lot of the people that we get. Uh, that, that do the analyses or that have been to my workshops in the past obviously before a pandemic hit um then um yeah they they are just just sort of people that are not necessarily a very high level it could just be people you know that want to improve their pbs a little bit um maybe that they are getting injured and they want to try to get want to try and get to the bottom of, of that but also just a sort of a general interest as well because um we're not really ever taught how to run um, so yeah, it's, you know, people, they just, just want to learn more about that. So yeah, it does, it does help, um, lots of, lots of different people, lots of different targets and levels, et cetera, ages as well. Um, and then the, the main issues that I find are, I'd say very much a real linchpin of the model, if you like, is to do with the pelvis and um, core control. So um, possibly because of our sedentary lifestyles these days, we spend a lot of time sat down and um, our hip flexors can get really quite uh, tight and locked up without us realizing. And that's what causes people to sit a little bit when they run or else if they're not sitting that they're really like arching their, their lower back and therefore their pelvis tilts forward. It's like called an anterior pelvic tilt. And that will then switch off the core and that can manifest in lots of different ways um, within the running technique. Very often it means that people are very tense in the shoulders because they start to try and control the movement from the upper body rather than, you know, from that core as, as we're designed to. Uh, it can cause people to overstride um, in front of them. Um, and uh, yeah, that in itself causes all sorts of, of different issues. You know, it, it, yeah, it can manifest in calf problems, knee problems. Uh, I think knee, knee issues are the biggest um, or the most common running injury according to, to the statistics and um yeah but if if you do just 
cut your stride a little bit and land more on top of the legs, then you, you eliminate a lot of the braking forces that will be causing uh, that those injuries. Um, so yeah, just, just in changing the hip position slightly, it can have an impact on so many other uh, parts of the of the running form as well. So that's, that's the main thing that I, I tend to focus on with people. So I always think that the form is really important to prevent injury as well. But I also get told that having the correct form and if I improve my form, it can make me faster. Is that true? Could having the correct form make me faster? Uh, it, yeah, undoubtedly. Um, I, I, I just, yeah, I'm quite sort of passionate about this side of it as well. Um, just because, I mean, even you, you alluded to, to the... Um, uh european final or where we had three british um women yeah. and i did actually do on, on my instagram a um analysis uh just like a spoken analysis of what i could see in terms of technique um and in some ways i i wouldn't even be surprised if the fittest person in terms of like the their vo2 max um i won't be surprised if the fittest person didn't win that race it's just because keelia hodgkinson and i'm not detracting at all from her amazing achievement by the way um but her technique is is it's very graceful basically she manages to nail a lot of the elements that i talk about and therefore she's not wasting energy um by like killing the energy in her stride uh, and she's, she's using a lot of free energy that's available as well and and that is probably one of the biggest no actually it's not one of the biggest pieces of feedback I, I, when yeah in working with clients I, I either get feedback that oh I've broken my parkrun pb again or there was a guy the other day um, a veteran runner and he knocked eight minutes off his 10k uh, time um, and he said he just it felt easier than normal um, uh, but yeah the other other feedback is is to do with oh my knees don't hurt anymore for example um so so yeah there's there's two elements but for sure I, I i'm absolutely convinced it can make you go faster i love that you analyzed as well the the final there that's super interesting and i'd love to actually hear some more about that but becky i want to quickly as well say that you know people want to hear more about this you have got the initiative graceful girls running haven't you as well which is your community which you set up that people can can learn more about what you're saying and they can they can join in with trying to be more graceful runners yeah so on my website there is a free tutorial that you can watch which talks you through in a bit more depth about the, the key elements uh that the graceful girls program is actually something slightly different we do focus in on running technique um and uh it's like a weekly online program that we do with up-and-coming athletes so we do a strength and conditioning session with them which is very much uh, specific towards um uh, encouraging like the the correct posture when running and to give you the strength to be able to execute all of the the correct mechanics but we also do a, a, a well-being or performance seminar after that um which is is just sort of me trying to impart uh any knowledge or wisdom that that you know um also telling them not to make the same mistakes that i did uh, in my career um so yeah it just it helps to tie in everything both from my sports science degree and just a lifelong of being a bit of a well-being geek um and the, the, the hands-on experience I had as an elite athlete just, just to help the next generation. So, yeah, I'm very passionate about that as well. You are a busy businesswoman, aren't you? <laughs> um, but before you started um, Graceful Running, you actually had another business as well, Triumph in Life. Can you tell us a bit about that one as well? 
Um, yeah, sure. I, I do still have that that business as well. It's just been on hold um, during uh, lockdown and the pandemic, apart from a few online sessions that that I, I've been managed to keep going. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've always loved sport, and um, yeah, really, I'm passionate about just encouraging people, uh, all people. It doesn't have to be elite at all, you know, about be, being active. And so, uh, yeah, I was just just lucky, really, in the right place at the right time, um, and I got an opportunity. With, with my local sports field they were uh, wanting to try and increase the participation uh, or the, the use of the facilities um, and yeah and sort of participation rate so I uh, set up a few um, commuter sports so it's not just running I do like netball and hockey tag rugby football uh, fitness pilates oh, I've, um, wild athletics as well because uh, we don't have a track near us so I've kind of fashioned some um, <laughs> athletics equipment out of broomsticks and that sort of stuff and uh, yeah just just do some really fun athletics with kids uh, so yeah uh, and then there's there's children's holiday camps as well I've got an Easter camp coming up um, and very much uh, there's a sports focus but we also have like a creative bubble there as well uh, which is which is really nice and then I do corporate well-being as well uh, um, in, in more normal times. Um, but yeah, as I say, that's more kind of in-person and, and community-based activity, whereas the, the graceful stuff I'm, I'm hoping to spread far and wide. You, um, you remind me actually there when you talk about your broomsticks. You, do you remember Charlotte Roach, Becky, from Loughborough? She was on camp with Kelly doing yeah. like 3,000 metres and she switched to the Girls for Gold triathlon programme. Oh, yeah. She's since gone on to do a more like games based fitness uh, program. She's like a fitness coach, but she'll do like um, Quidditch and she'll do tan rugby, but in parks in London, which is amazing. And I still uh, go for coffee with Charlotte when we're allowed and she tells me all about it. But actually, you guys should link up. I think you'd be uh, really yeah, worth having a chat about, you know, females in sport and people in sport and how sport helps others i'll put you in touch i think you guys maybe could have a conversation and reminisce if nothing else on love for days yeah. um yeah but, no, that sounds really cool yeah good for her yeah she's 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 really she's really great but that kind of got me thinking of when you finished your career was it always going to be uh, a second career in fitness and well-being that was for you you know why is that so important um, yeah, it, it has always been just just such a passion of mine. Um, and I suppose I was sort of like 30 um, when I retired from athletics. And uh, I I didn't just want to start from scratch in a different career, I don't think. And, and certainly something that I wasn't passionate about. And I just, I, I think as well, I didn't want to kind of get... Um, pinned down to a nine to five necessarily uh, you know I'd had a, the absolute wonderful privilege and the excitement of of literally traveling the world and um you know meeting all these amazing people um but yeah I just wanted to keep my options open a little bit more um but also to be able to use all of those amazing experiences as well and for them not to just kind of um disappear so uh yeah I wasn't quite sure how it was going to happen um but certainly I'd learn as well you know from from all those experiences of, of um traveling around and working with different coaches that so often if if you just keep the faith then opportunities will arise uh when you know um 
when you kind of need them in some ways. I know maybe that sounds a little bit woo-woo, but I just, yeah, I was always thinking, okay, right, just keep your eyes peeled um, and then put a few feelers out. And 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 then, yeah, uh, like I say, there, there were some opportunities that arose just at the right time. I just want to touch on the fact that you are still a big fan of athletics and the depth of female middle distance running at the moment is amazing. We've got so many amazing athletes. What do you think of middle distance running at the moment? Yeah, no, it's so exciting to see. And <laughs> do you know what? I sort of, um, I, I feel for them a little bit at the moment because um, back in 2006 when I had my best year, we had quite a lot of depth then as well. Uh, yeah, certainly within a few years, there was about four or five of us running 158 and it just meant the competition for teams was so hot and you know you could never like take anything for granted and you always had to yeah bring your a game to any race um so yeah i can just i can feel i can feel probably what those girls are experiencing now seeing that there is so much depth within the you know the middle distance pool um but it is pulling them on to faster times as well though i'm sure and uh, i i'm just relishing the opportunity to watch them all grow and develop over the years and, and hopefully bring lots of uh, opportunities for us to, to cheer like crazy women at the screen as, as, <laughs> as they're doing their stuff. It's just a new name, isn't it, Becky, at the moment? Like, every time a championship comes around, like, Kimi Hodgkinson, obviously, she's kind of coached, isn't she, by uh, Jenny Meadows or Jenny Painter and um, the team up there and Trevor. And then, you know, you have three people, didn't you, in the European indoor finally in the 800 meters three females which was insane from gb but i think you probably oh it's almost like 10 people i'm gonna say that could make a team when there's usually three spots which i mean slightly like you said you feel from demoralizing surely i don't know how do you look at that yeah i don't know whether i probably wouldn't say it would be demoralizing i just think that it, it actually is a massive motivator um yeah in in your training and in your approach to things but it, it just just make things that little bit more stressful um yeah uh, again but um no i mean yeah good luck to all of them and uh it's it's great for, for the sport and for for british athletics for sure yeah it's amazing to watch isn't it at the end of the day <laughs> um so becky you obviously had kind of two or you have two careers you have your elite athlete career and you have the career that you've built for yourself now as a very successful businesswoman um who's helping and coaching a lot of people as well but to wrap up we want to know what do you think the key to running success is at any level consistency um yeah and there's there's a lot of pieces of the pie to uh uh, help that to, to happen um, but yeah I think a big part of that pie is in trying is not is in not trying to be superhuman uh, and to always listen to your body um, to, to sort of stay humble um, as well um, and just just to kind of be be adaptable um, to, to varying circumstances so yeah the con consistency is the key um, and just finding how how you can create that yeah, I think so. And like you mentioned, just don't overthink it. You know, I, I think coaches always used to say as well, didn't they? Kind of like a, a happy and relaxed runner is a fast runner. And I mean, you even wrote, or you mentioned that, didn't you, in, in Graceful, the final one, E, enjoyment. Mm -hmm. You've got to enjoy mm -hmm. what you're doing. And 
this day and age is so much information some of it so useful like what you were saying too about you know the graceful program and how actually we should work on our body posture and our alignment and you know not sitting down as much i think dean carnassus the ultramanic marathon legend he actually always speaks about that he never sits down his office is all waist high because he wants to walk around because he doesn't want to get into bad habits but mm-hmm. really you have to be in a good place don't you uh for for success to happen i think you know if you're, if you're happy and healthy then hopefully it will it will fall into place in one time or the other but um becky thanks for chatting to us and i really hope that your two businesses graceful running which is seemingly going from strength to strength i love to see it and i'm going to go have a little look at your instagram post on the european final and triumph for life i hope that comes back in its greatest capacity and wish you all the best of luck with both of them thank you so much yeah and yeah thank you for having me yeah it's it's a really fabulous podcast and uh yeah, I'm sure you're helping a lot of runners as well with, with what you're doing. So, um, yeah, keep it up. <laughs> oh, thank you, Becky. Thanks so much, Becky. My pleasure. Bye. So I loved having Becky on the podcast this week. I love chatting to her. She's so passionate about running and athletics that I think it's really special. I loved hearing about graceful running and the work that she's doing with that. I do think it is really important that we all take care of the posture of our postures. And actually, if that man can take eight minutes of his 10K time and people are improving their park run times through the work that they're doing with graceful running, I mean, I'm definitely going to take notice and pay more attention myself um, for sure. But I also think it's so important that she's working with communities and getting more people um, into athletics and into sports because I think it's so important that we move as much as we can. Um, and it's great as a stress relief as well in the society that we're living in. And I just loved kind of hearing Becky's backstory because I knew I knew Becky, I'm not going to say relatively well, but I knew her because our time at Loughborough, you know, they did kind of cross over. And I don't think I probably knew all the, the injury problems she was actually having. And the fact that, you know, she did go over to Kenya and train with Janet Jepkoskai, who was an amazing athlete. And the fact that she said, just have no worries, chill out about it a bit more, is what we need to take from, I think, what Becky's saying. Um, we do put too much pressure on ourselves in all walks of life at the moment. And, you know, who knows where Becky could have gone if she just relaxed, possibly enjoyed it a bit more, didn't overthink it like she seemed to do, because she is still sixth on the all-time list for 800-metre running for women in the UK, which is still an awesome achievement, and that can never be taken away from Becky. But like she said herself, she was stubborn, talented, committed. Who knows where she could have gone if she just maybe had a little bit more luck on her side and, uh, I don't know, didn't overthink it as much. That's what I'm going to take from that. I think she's mind-blowing and I think she should put her own picture on her wall of inspirational women. But that is all we have time for this week on the Keep Running podcast. So thank you all for listening. If you want to follow me, I'm at Amana underscore Rye. And I'm at Rachel double underscore Stringer. And we'll put the links to both of Becky's website as well in our bio so you can find her with ease because she is doing awesome stuff. So until next week, keep running. Thank you.